Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson, we're going to talk about analyzing and taking inventory of our armor. If one piece of armor, and there are seven pieces, is missing, we are vulnerable to the devil at that point, and he is an expert marksman. He never misses. I want to read you something out of the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You will not be strong out of the Lord, so be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not, on, not our own might, but in his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, what does wiles mean? Tricks. Tricks. He is sneaky. He cannot get you without your cooperation. And so he's going to try to trick you into cooperating with him just like he did Eve. He is subtle. The subtlest of any beast in the field, the Bible says. We need the whole armor so we will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The implication that being if you have the whole armor on, you can stand against the tricks and see right through them. And if, um, But if some armor is missing, you are in danger. Verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That person that, uh, that you can see is not your enemy, no matter how hard of a time they are giving you. They are not your enemy. The devil is your enemy behind the scenes. The Bible says against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. That is the second time that he has said uh, that put on the whole armor of God. That is the second time that he has said, God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. Job 33:14. He told you in verse 11, put on the whole armor. Now he tells you again in verse 13, put on the whole armor that you may withstand. Up in verse 11, he says, stand against, meaning fortify yourself against him, Satan. But now withstand here all his armament against you that will not knock you down if you got on the whole armor. The Bible says in the evil day, having done all to stand, period. When you got on the whole armor and you have got you have done everything that you know to do as a child of God, then stand up and face the enemy. That is what he is saying. Do not run, do not retreat, stand. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 through 18. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Put out his fire that is aimed at you. Verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying always with our prayer and supplication for all saints. Notice, included in the prayer is intercessory prayer. You, you do not have all the armor on if you are not interceding for the saints. I want you to notice in particular, our righteousness is what mainly keeps us from demonic attack. A conscience that is void of offense sort of deflects that which the devil throws at us. Personal righteousness is essential to fighting the devil. What is righteousness? It is right living. It is nothing mysterious. It is doing right. That is all. It is doing what you know is to be right. As long as you are doing right, you are not doing wrong. So it is essential that you have on the breastplate of righteousness or right living. If that breastplate is missing, you are in serious trouble. Of course, you are in trouble to some degree if any part is missing, but especially if that righteousness is missing. That is why the Apostle Paul said, we need to keep our conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Acts 24:16. Doing what is right, Godward, and doing what is right, manward. We should be serving God and witnessing to people for the Lord. Let's go through these seven pieces of armor in Ephesians and take a look at each piece. He says, first of all, gird about the truth, which is having your loins gird about with, truth, with the truth. What kind of armor is that? That is being completely honest or truthful. He says, the girdle of truth telling the truth. That is what killed Ananias and Sapphira. They took the girdle of truth off. Be honest in all your activities and all your dealings. Be honest with your family. Be honest with your church members. Be honest with those people you work with. Complete honesty. Being honest is hard to do because we have that old nature with us and it was a born liar. Our Adamic nature came from birth speaking lies. But you have to be honest if you want to defeat the devil. That means telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That is what it means. Do you know what people do when they gossip? They do not tell the whole truth. They either leave out something or add something in. Some people don't think it's souped up enough or flavored enough unless you add something to it. You must have complete honesty if you ever expect to, to defeat the devil in your life. Then he says, the breastplate of righteousness, which is having all sins confessed. That is when you are being able or being right with God, doing what you know to be right, doing what God wants you to do in any given situation. You are weighing that thing and saying, what way is right and then doing what is right? You might say, well, it'll get me in trouble. So what? Do what is right. You say, it will cost me. So what? Do what is right. You expect, it to be, you expect it to beat the devil. If you do what is right, and if he gets you in trouble, you'll be amazed how God will bless you when he builds you out of that trouble. You are talking about blessings of a hundredfold for the child of God that does right. We need to be looking unto Jesus, who is our righteousness. 
He then says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Sound like going to the blacksmith shop, does it not? That's what you need. Uh, that's what you do to the horses, do you not? You shoe them or shod is past tense. God has to put these shoes on you so you will be shod. You are not pretty... You are not putting them on yourself. Someone else is putting them on you. What is he talking about for the preparation of gospel of peace? That means always, and I mean always, be ready and willing to go anywhere God wants you to go to witness for him. The preparation of the gospel of peace. Romans chapter 10 verse 15. Romans chapter 10 verse 15. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Being ready to witness wherever you are, that is having your feet shod with the preparation. You are prepared for the gospel of peace, being a witness everywhere you go, every time the Holy Spirit prompts you to witness, and do not let the devil talk you out of it because you are taking your shoes off if you do. Then you are being defeated. By the way, um, shoes off in the Bible are symbolic for what? A servant, a slave, but shoes on is symbolic of a sonship. He told Moses, take your shoes off for your own holy ground. Moses was a servant. You are a child. You are a son. So what did the son do when he came to the father? He put... He put shoes on him. The father put shoes on the son. Whenever I am prompted by the Holy Spirit to witness for the Lord, and I do not, I have taken my shoes off. I have taken the place of a servant to the devil instead of the place of a son of God. He said we are to have the shield of faith. Hebrews 11.6 Hebrews 11.6 said, without faith it is impossible to please God. You better have that shield of faith or the devil is going to get you. That shield is what hold up front of you to keep those fiery darts glancing off and not getting to you. When he says the shield of faith, what is he talking about? He is talking about the complete trust in the Word of God, complete trust in the promises of God, complete trust that God is going to take care of you, and He will get you through this thing. I do not have to go the route the devil wants me to go, even though it's a lot easier to do to do it in His way. I do not have to go through the obstacles that God uh, has in His direction. It is hard to squeeze through the narrow way sometimes, but it's easy to float down the broad way. Any log can float downstream. A dead fish can float downstream, but it takes a live fish to swim upstream. So we need to have that shield of faith, which is confidence to trust in the Word of God. Then he says, the helmet of salvation. Why did he not uh, say the shield of salvation? Why did he not say the breastplate of salvation? Why did he not say the sword of salvation? He said the helmet of salvation because God wants you to know 
that you are saved. He wants you to have full assurance of your salvation. You cannot fight the devil effectively if you are not sure you are saved. He will get you. I had a guy in a soul winner booth one time say this. I, I don't think anybody knows for sure if they're saved. I know one thing for a fact. I'm not going to hell for believing in Christ as my Lord and Savior. First John chapter 5, verse 13 says this. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, it's a no-soul salvation. So the helmet of salvation speaks of full assurance. Have you got your helmet on? You do if you know for sure that you're saved. That is, you know, uh, you would know without a doubt that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. That's called full assurance. You have the helmet on so the devil cannot hit you in the head. That kind of injury would be a mortal wound if he hit you there. I have seen many Christians fall flat in the mud and on the battlefield from receiving a mortal wound in the head. You say, how did they get that? They took off their helmet off and started backsliding on God. The first thing they did was lay down their breastplate of righteousness and quit doing right. After a while, they laid down their shield of faith and they put them in a position where they could not believe in the promises of God anymore. They were not living right, and they finally got to the point where they took off their helmet uh, because they did not believe they were saved or not sure of it, and the devil took aim, and down they went. I've had people come in the soul winning booth and just needed assurance of their salvation. People that are saved and fall to the devil will have no rewards at the judgment seat. But once saved, always saved. That cannot be erased. I've seen and witnessed in jail uh, to preachers that have fallen to the devil. The judgment seat in the Greek was called Bema seat, a place where rewards were given out to the runners. By the way, I don't know if he'll give rewards for time spent in a recliner. If he does, some of us might get mighty big rewards. People that fall to the devil but are saved, that is the end of their Christian life. No loss of salvation, but no rewards. You had better keep the helmet on. How can you tell someone else how to be saved if you're not sure of it yourself? That is what many Christians try to do. The helmet of salvation is total confidence in the complete sufficiency of the cross of Jesus Christ, the fact that he paid it all. Then he said, number six is, the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 says this, the, Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of God is a two-edged sword. That means it can cut and kill or it, or it can cut and heal. Either way, just like a surgeon's scalpel, he can uh, use that thing to pick someone up or he can use it to do him or her in. That is why the Word of God never returns void. It will either put you in hell or heaven, one or the other. 
It'll cut you to ribbons and destroy you. Or the great physician will use it as a scalpel and cut you loose from the flesh and save you, as it says in Colossians 2. We are to take the sword of the Spirit. In other words, I need specific scriptures to be applied at the point of battle. I need specific scriptures on that. Because it is not enough to say that I believe the Bible. Whatever is my problem, I need scriptures on that. And there is scripture for every problem in the world. Whatever it is, you can find some scriptures and some promises in the Bible about it. I'm not going to get the victory even if I got on the other five pieces we have looked at. If I do not take the sword of the Spirit. That is your only weapon. All the rest of that stuff that you have is to keep the devil from shooting you. The sword is the only thing uh, that you have to shoot at him with. So I need to learn the Word of God and especially those things that apply to what my problem is so that when the devil shows up and I'm living right, I got the shield of faith, I got the helmet on, I'm decked out in my armor, I can grab the sword and I can say, Get and draw blood. Jeremiah 48.10 Jeremiah 48.10 Cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. Then he says the seventh piece of armor is prayer. What is that? It is having a thankful heart. It is depending on God. It is praying and always with all prayer and supplication. It is praying for the saints and for myself because we are depending on God for the victory and not on ourselves. Okay, I'd like to ask you one more question here in closing. Are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? Are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? Did you know that God wants you to be sure that you got eternal life? He says in 1 John 5.13 that you may know that you have eternal life. But the first thing you have to do to gain that is to recognize that you're a sinner. We are all sinners. The Bible says we all fall short of the grace of God. Um, so what we have to do is admit that we're a sinner and then repent of that sin. That means give it up. Go another direction. we got to give that sin up. Say, God, forgive me for what I've done, and he'll forgive you. And then you got to believe on the work of the cross, that the Son of God came to this earth in flesh, walked among us, was crucified, then uh, put in a borrowed tomb, and three days later rose from the dead, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for you and I. If you if you repent of your sins, give those sins up, and believe in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, he said, Thou shalt be saved. He did not say you might be. He said, Thou shalt be saved. And that's what we have to do to get eternal life. I hope you enjoyed this, and we'll catch you down the road.